run. We're going to go for a joyride. You've just made a wrong turn heading south onto strange highways. Enter death's waiting room, if you dare. And welcome to Strange Highways. I am Paul. And hey guys, it's Terry here. And I hope you enjoyed our conversation about Wong's Lost and Found Emporium. Uh, we did take a week off because I did get lost trying to return an inflatable sex doll. And I didn't want to have the receipt <laughs> either. Like they, like they were just like, no. Like, no, they nope. said no. And I was like, but I was like, no. but it's been barely used. They're like, no, we can't have this. I'm like, but you had but, the receipt though. But I used, I was like, I used my mouth, a bicycle pump, all that. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> Some oh, people oh. are just not understanding. I was like, the ball of light told me where to find the sex doll. Anyway. So, all right. <laughs> the ball of light. <laughs> <laughs> And then, and then the, the the head in the jar was like, I just want to watch. I'm like, well, whatever, you know, whatever, head in the jar. All right. <laughs> All right. It's, welcome it's off to you. a good start. Yeah. Welcome to us working blue tonight for this episode of Strange Highways. Welcome to Strange Highways podcast in which we watch the Twilight Zone and other anthology stuff. Um, but mainly the Twilight Zone, we've been watching in order. Uh, we've covered the original um, 60 series. You guys can go back and listen to that. Seasons one through five are available. We've covered both um, Jordan Peele produced Paramount Plus uh, series of the Twilight Zone. Uh, I am excited for his film Nope coming out in the next week or two. That looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. I haven't seen anything about it, but it's not the best title. I think I think it's an amazing title because it doesn't tell you anything. I think sometimes, especially with Jordan Peele, like there's that like, he doesn't, he wants to give you like a smidge, but doesn't want to reveal his hand, which I respect that. Like, that, I really do. That's fair, but like, just nope. Nope. Like, right. Do you remember the Edgar Wright fake trailer in uh, Grindhouse? It was called Don't. Do you remember that? No. no. <laughs> it's been so long since I've oh. seen uh, the only rem- The only one I remember is seeing Machete. You know? No, that was fun, but it was like, but the one with Don't, it was like this like throwback English, like, uh, or British, like, horror film where it's like, Don't open the door don't do this and eventually it escalates where everything is don't like it it's just it's a lot of fun so that was like a lot of movies from the like the the 70s and that too so it's like don't look in the house don't yeah. open that door don't go down that don't stairway. drink that milk you don't know don't, if it's past expiration right. yeah. <laughs> yeah it's like yeah so i'm excited yeah i'm excited for nope maybe terry isn't but anyway uh so so yeah it's a lot of twilight zone we've been getting into and we're going to get into the 80 series we've been doing this we um yeah we're getting into um episode Episode 10, segment A, uh, The Shadow Man. So this is the 80 series. Uh, uh, you know, the the less celebrated of the Twilight Zones, but I think there's some there's some gold in them hills, and that's why we're doing this, right? Like good, bad, otherwise, uh, the Twilight Zones worthy of going through. And I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. I hope you enjoy the journey, right? And we're going places that it's easy. It's easy to be like, oh, we love the Rod Serling stuff and cherry pick it. I think that speaks to us as we put our hard hats on and go into the twilight zone mine and try to you know, dig out that, uh, that gold, right. Even if the canary dies sometimes. Yeah. I mean, I, t- I don't, it- I don't think there's gas in gold. Mine. <laughs> there's gas in his pockets, but you never know. Anyway, um, it's a mixed metaphor. Terry. Could, there, there, I mean, there was a lot of heart, uh, put into the original series and people that brought it back multiple times put part into it as yeah. well so like uh, the, the intent is there right yeah. so we'll see how we, we get into we need this. to get we need to put the the work forward and check it out you know? yeah 
So yeah, here we go. Uh, episode 10, uh, segment A, The Shadow Man. Air date, November 29th, 1985. Number one song, uh, one of Terry's favorites, We Built the City by Starship. Hell yeah. Yeah. I just I have to mention a brief aside. I recently played uh, the Marvel's uh, Guardians of the Galaxy game, and you get to play as all the Guardians, and they have a mixtape, and you can do this thing called a rally where you pull all your team together, and you can if you speak the right words, you can play like a song to inspire them, and you can't control what song is played, but there was definitely a point in the game where there's all this space shit going on, and things are blowing up, and you got a tree and a raccoon killing things, and I heard uh, we built this city by Starship, and it was like... It was like Kismet. It was like, this is actually pretty great. So yeah. it was a lot of fun. Yeah, that's a great song. I, I, I've i always been a big fan of um, Nothing's Gonna Stop Us Now. Yeah, it's just weird. Starship is weird how like they kind of sold their soul after being Jefferson Airplane, where it's like, oh, yeah, now we're Jefferson Starship, but now we're just Starship. <laughs> that was a weird, weird moment. However, you can't say that that song isn't catchy because it is, right? Yeah. Number one film, one of Terry's favorite films, Rocky IV. Hell yeah, Rocky yeah, right. Four. I just, I just, I didn't, I wasn't making a joke. Dude, I, Rocky Four is it's just crushing it, it, it this is, year too. Just oh, so you know, yeah. we'll be talking about it for a minute. Yeah, Rocky Four. Um, I saw this in the theaters when it came out, and I was like, oh yeah, Rocky, Rocky defeated um the Soviet Union. Like, and I guess he, like, I, there was a scene at the end that's not in the movie now where he punches the Berlin Wall down. I don't, I didn't expect that to happen. He, I'm kidding. One glove. <laughs> it's just, this is like the, it's like, there is the, the phrase jingoistic. This is the most American jingoistic movie where it's like, as much as I have problems with that, um, like that American exceptionalism, I still love Rocky Four so much. Rocky like, Four is an incredible film. I don't care what anybody it's, says. It's a it ninety-minute music video, but my God, is it fun? Yes, the the soundtrack is incredible. Like I feel like this is the most solid of all the films when it comes to like just where it needs to exist. If well, it was like made twenty years earlier or twenty years later, so, I don't think it would make that. So much the sense. first three Rocky films are actually kind of seriously like rooted in terms of like what's going on. Then Rocky Four becomes like the superhero movie. Yeah, and it's like and it's so ridiculous and it's so like he just mm, like Dolph Lundgren as Ivan Drago. Like it just you you this was that time and place of like that big fear right and it's like. It's such a it's such a cool movie, and knowing that Stallone and um, you know um, I just said his name Drago, uh, they were actually boxing in the ring, and and uh, he and Stallone got hit so hard his heart stopped. Yeah, he actually had to go to the hospital. They lifted him out of where they were shooting because it was like up in like in Canada. What, do you do you know what he used to do uh, prior to acting and everything? Oh, um, you're talking about um, uh, Dolph Lundgren. Yeah. yeah. See, like you like how I, f- I remember the name. Forgot the name and then remembered the name. Yeah. Welcome to Strange Highway. Yeah, everybody. Dolph used to be a uh, security, like well, at he's, clubs. Yeah, and he's also like a male model, and he's also he has a PhD in like um oh like physics. The the guy is like ridiculously smart, yeah, and yeah. like he's like he's like the perfect human being. Like and you can't, I don't know. Like you just it is just I can't get over how amazing Dolph Lundgren is. But also he stopped Sylvester Stallone's heart by accident. Like. I I love Rocky Four, and um, I, it's one of those movies that I can watch on a loop. And it's like the 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 no easy way out segment, and then all the stuff from um, Survivor, all those montages. Like, yeah. It's also the most literal movie ever. Like when he's flying into Russia, where it's like, was it two worlds divide, rival nations? You're like, yeah, that's true. That's what's going on right now. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, I, like it know. was like uh, the hurrah for everybody else that <laughs> was American too. Like, yeah, we're yeah. gonna beat these sons of bitches. Yeah, it's so like, supposedly. <laughs> This was well. This was right before the fall of the USSR, right? Right. And when this film played, every like over overseas, the Russians liked it until the end. 
because they wanted to see him break him. Yeah, because it's like, oh, our guy lost. <laughs> so I just, I know it was probably right place, right time, but somehow this is like, it's one of those, like, it's burned itself into like my love. Like, I, if I showed this movie like the first time to somebody now, they'd be like, oh, there's problems. I'd be like, yeah, but isn't it cool? <laughs> even, <laughs> even the, uh, the, uh, what producers cut or director's cut that came out what approximately a year ago yeah now? no stallone did a director's cut it's, it's like really cool it's, it's interesting really, yeah it's like it, the tone is changed in that i film. just kind of wish that there would be like a mix of his director's cut and a theatrical cut together exactly i think that something because the director's cut and welcome to the episode about straight like about twilight zone not rocky four <laughs> um there's a lot more um story like table setting that goes on with Apollo yeah. and everything, which is all, it's all good stuff. It's just, I think that there was something that could have been had for both, you know, but I did like, it's called, um, what was it? Rocky versus Drago. That's called the director's cut of Rocky four. Mm-hmm. It's worth the time. Um, but I think Rocky four as like a lean and mean 90 minutes is so much fun. Even with the robot, you know, like the robot, we don't need got, the robot, the but robot got excised in the, like, I can understand why, but Polly, Polly, uh, wanted to, um, have sex with that robot. It was pretty clear in that movie. <laughs> yeah. There was some oh. strange things going on yeah. there. Cause, uh, he got the robot and it had like a male voice and, and he then changed he changed it, it to a yeah. female voice and everything. But nonetheless, it's like. The, the the movie changed in tone just because of the soundtrack too. Oh like gosh. they changed some of the soundtrack just to kind of like give you a it, it, yeah, it like was a, a darker weird. yeah, yeah, menacing I, tone. I, I, to I it. think I think um, there should like I think if you split the difference, I think that would probably be the best representation of both. But whatever. Anyway, Rocky Four is the number one film while this episode came out. If you segment. haven't seen it, please. <laughs> Please, yeah. for God's sake, Coming watch. next week, our talk about Rocky IV. Uh, no. Uh, part two. So, yeah, part, <laughs> Rocky IV, part two, uh, whatever, yeah. So, all right. So, um, for day and date, I didn't find anything for November 29th. However, I think Terry will appreciate this. De- December 1st, this was the first time the Ford Taurus was released as a vehicle to buy in the U.S. Um, you might remember that as the cop car of the future and RoboCop. Was it? Yeah. If you look at every um, like Detroit um, uh, cop car, it was a Ford Taurus because they felt that was futuristic looking. But now in hindsight, you're like, oh, yeah, every person had a Ford Taurus. Everybody. <laughs> you know, it's like. But it, it was, was like the Crown Victorias when everybody was driving those oh, around Cleveland. Crown, yeah, right. <laughs> no, but you know, the Ford Taurus, because it was the first time it was like you saw at this time in the 80s, like that, that the starting of the rounding of the body. Mm. That was kind of a callback to the earlier body styles. But like up to this point, everything in the 80s was very boxy and pointy, you know, like edged, edgy. And then the Taurus looked like, oh, wait, we can. We can have curves again. So it did look kind of future at the time. But yeah, if you go back and watch Robocop, that was the car of the future in Detroit. So I thought that you'd appreciate that. Wasn't that one of the commercials, that fake commercials too? Um, no, that was the uh, SUX 9000 or whatever it was oh. called. <laughs> Which was probably a Ford Taurus as well. I probably, it was probably <laughs> an amped up Ford Taurus, right? And with the Cobra gun attached to it. Anyway, so that's your day and date. Uh, Starship was uh, building a city. Rocky Four was breaking down um, walls. Uh, walls between countries and nations. Because, you know, if, if I can change... You can, can change. change. We, we can, can all, all change. change. Yeah. It's <laughs> 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 like the like what was it like the Soviet like military was like cheering him on at the end there, which is different in the director's cut. But anyway, I just love it. it's like oh yeah, Rocky did did save the world. Ah, all right. 
So be it. Anyway. Um, so yeah, that's our day and date. So, uh, so let's just get into who did what here for the shadow man. Okay. So our director on this is, uh, Joe Dante. Some people might recognize that name. He was the director of the howling gremlins one and two. One of my favorites, the burbs, which is incredible, but he does have a twilight zone connection. Yes. So the twilight zone, the movie, which we've talked about here on the show, we have, um, he did the segment. It's a good life. Yeah. Which that one scarred me as a kid. We talked about that then. Uh, also, I don't know if I, I maybe I mentioned it then too. Gremlins messed me up as a kid. I, that movie's so, it's so like darkly comic, you know, anybody watch that now you're like, Oh, it's a dark comedy. But as a kid watching, I have, I have, um, I have deeply rooted fears of like metamorphosis and like body changing. So when the gremlins first showed up and there's something about the bit, whenever the ones eating peanut butter or some shit in the kitchen, that's in the foreground when the mom shows up, it ruined me. It (laughs) ruined me as a kid. I had to go out and my mom had to sit with me in the car outside of the theater. Cause that's the first image. Oh, I couldn't, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't, like I couldn't handle it. And so my mom had to wait for like my dad and my, my, my brothers to finish watching the movie because it messed me up too much as a kid. So even now I have like, I think I can even show you. I have like goosebumps. So, you yeah. can see, like I'm literally, I think I have some uh, goosebumps. Goose flesh. Yeah, I have goose flesh. <laughs> Thinking about gremlins, like I'm going to watch that now. I'm like, no, no. Thank you, Joe Dante, for destroying me as a person. Well, you know, and like there's a, uh, like he doesn't have the hugest filmography, but he, his uh, attachment to horror is, I mean, it's incredible. He also did Piranha. Um, like, so the blending of, uh, Steven Spielberg sometimes and in other creators of horror yeah. sometimes works out to be a, a perfect blend. I mean, like, especially when you think of Poltergeist and uh, Toby Hooper. Or even like Zemeckis. Right, right like, exactly. Like Spielberg's fingerprints are over a lot of things and, and and Dante definitely benefited from Spielberg's being around. Yeah, and he definitely changed what the uh, original perception of that uh, movie was supposed to be. Like it was supposed to be a lot darker. You, pr- you went from like not being able to want to go back into the theater. No gremlins was supposed to be like an R rated horror. Yeah. Like, you would up. have been yeah. shitting yourself. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm like mom. No. And I just been the entire time <laughs> bad. Uh, but no, it's, so, but Dante and with, with uh, Spielberg, which I think they were trying to find their way through with the comedy side of it. Mm-hmm. Cause what well, you mean? Not to not to go too far in the direction of Spielberg. Um, the original ET script was called Dark Skies, if I remember, and it was much more a horror film. And then Spielberg rounded it out to be more like, no, it's just this lumpy alien that likes candy and beer sometimes, and this kid finds him. You know, oh, that's much better. Which, by the way, speaking of ET connections, we'll get to that in a second, a little bit later. Um, but yeah, Dante, he also did. Um, I think he did Inner Space as well, if I remember right. He did uh, the Burbs. Great. Which you mentioned the Burbs. I've only gotten halfway through it. The one time I started to watch it, I loved it, but I fell asleep. Not because the movie was boring. I was just tired. I need to finish that movie. I know. I know. I know. I know. I know. It's on me. It's I on could me. run that movie in a loop, dude. I just it recently just, watched just, it just, on public yeah. access and it was, I mean, it's, it's great, man. Like it's one of my faves. Yeah. It's just like good dark comedy. Yeah. And then also he was behind, like, I think the, the start of uh, Erie, Indiana, the TV show. Yes. He had uh, some segments of Masters of Horror. Um, he also did uh, Piranha and also a film that um, I people fight me explores. Um, which is um, we'll interesting. We'll come back to haunt us in a second. Well, in a second, yeah. But it's only two acts. It doesn't really have a third act. Fight me, because um, 
that the script kind of fell apart during the production. So I'm glad you brought it up because you know we're going to talk. Oh, about I get it a I get bit. so angry about <laughs> no no no. Um, if you uh, I forget the episode title, uh, the episode number. I was on Talk Without Rhythm uh, two and a half years ago or so. Uh, uh, Mister the Goro. So it's like uh, had us on episode one million. Yeah, episode one million and five. Uh, he had uh, myself and my co-host on Invasion of the Podcast, Steve, on to talk about Explorers and Last Starfighter. And um, we'll put that in the show notes later. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, we'll link that later. But it was like I was the one of the of the three to be like, eh, I don't know. <laughs> like, it was like, yeah. And it was just really funny because uh, El Goro was like, when did you watch this? And I specifically gave day and date because I wrote a blog post about it. <laughs> like, And I took him back. He's like, oh, yeah, that's the exact date. I'm like, no shit. Like, because I. I, I was fighting. I had some fighting words for explorers. Well, the one yeah. thing I'll say, as far as like Joe Tante's uh, career and like his attachment to a lot of different storylines and that, he knows how to work with kids for the most part. No, that's true. And this is a very kid-heavy uh, uh, segment, so you're right about that. Uh, I, I, it's almost a shame that this is his only TV show segment. Correct. But, however... Yeah. His segment, a nice place uh, to like, was it? Um, it's a good life. It's, it's a good life. I was going to make a nice place to visit. All right, it's a good life. As much as that scarred me as a kid too, it is one of the more. It's probably the most inventive of the four segments of the film, and it shows you what like his. There's kind of a Tex Avery uh, mentality to him, where it's like we can still scare people, but we're going to make it goofy, which also kind of add, like it's just I Joe Dante I appreciate. Uh, his, his, his input as much as he has messed me up as a human being and my ability to, um, you know, deal with, uh, creatures and, or Mogwai that turn other things. So, well, and I think that like, especially his attachment to like things when he was a kid, this actually works really well for him as like a project. Mm-hmm. Um, like he was, he was really big into animation and that, like he used to do cartoon work, like while he was a kid and like, he wanted to be a cartoonist when he grew up. So I think his attachment to like uh, the kid narrative and that actually works really That's well. That's fair. There, there's a certain amount of like, uh, and through the eighties and early nineties where it's like kids, kids know and parents are stupid. Yeah. There's a certain kind of narrative, like, but it's like, cause the people creating things were like, we were aware we were smarter than the parents gave us credit for. And there is a creeping death that's coming. You know, yeah, like- yeah. So, I mean, even like to throw it back to like, um, not maybe not the most recent iteration of it, which I mean, for what it is, but it's like King Stephen King also has that notion of like kids are aware of yeah. what's going on, even if the parents don't want, or it's not because maybe they don't, it's more like they don't want to acknowledge. And Dante kind of, he, you know, like, you know, it it wouldn't have surprised me. I know Richard Donner directed The Goonies, but it wouldn't have surprised me if Joe Dante would have done that as well. That's a good call. Yeah, I I could I could definitely see him directing that because it is his same sensibility. Yeah, and also kind of uh, under that Spielberg umbrella, right? So, all right, yeah. uh, enough not, not gushing about him. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, let's get into. So our else. writer here is uh, one that we've talked about more recently. Uh, was it Rockney O'Bannon? Yes, Rockney S O'Bannon. Um, Lots more to come. Uh, what was the first segment? So he's actually one of the story consultants and editors for the majority of the Twilight Zone of the 80s iteration. We have seen him in Wordplay, which was a segment that you were kind of cold on that I enjoyed a great deal as the Wes Craven one that was um, with, you know, where the guy was like kind of out of space where everything started changing around him. That was the, the, the script he submitted. Rockney um, submitted cold to 
the powers that be at the Twilight Zone. They're like, oh, this is this is great. Let's bring you in. So he became a story consultant and editing on the Twilight Zone. And he would actually be kind of be in the like always in the background, kind of managing a lot, which is great, right? Because he has kind of a, like he has that sensibility. And that was his first gig. He would go on to do a lot of other things too, which I didn't put in my notes because we talked about it previously. Yeah. But this was his launching pad. Yeah, so like, well, in one way or another, we'll talk about him again, uh, you know, either rewriting scripts and or submitting stories. Yeah. But yeah. This so. is his second of eight actual teleplay credits. However, he was around for a lot of the series. Correct. So then our cast, we go. Uh, Jonathan mm. Ward. Uh, he plays Danny. Bunch of uh, Charles and Charles episodes. Uh, he was in Mac and Me. Yeah. Speaking, <laughs> I was, that was my E.T. connection. Like, oh, yeah. E.T. did go well. What if we had like um, a really large sea monkey that liked, uh, what was it, Coke? Or was it Diet Coke or Pepsi? Yeah, I, forget. I think it was Diet Coke. Diet Coke. And then also had a, uh, a dance sequence in a McDonald's. My God, Mac and Me is an interesting train wreck of a film. And it's funny. <laughs> well, because well, two things. One, when I saw him, I saw this guy's like, like I know him from something. But then it's like, because uh, Steve and I, on Invasion, we covered Mac and Me and E.T. for our year of uh, the knockoff. <laughs> surprise, surprise. But also because um, Paul Rudd uh, would notoriously keep bringing in clips to to sneak into Conan O'Brien's show. Every film that or, sh- or anything Paul Rudd was part of, he would always straight face it and always show a sequence from uh, Mac and Me. Paul Rudd was in us. I, I, I no, feel like we talked about. He's this. not in the movie, but he would always be like, "I have a movie working." And like when he would bring like a clip from Ant Man, he'd play a sequence from Mac and Me. It was oh, always, okay. <laughs> it was always when <laughs> the main character Danny was rolling down a hill in a wheelchair and got thrown off the edge, and it's like every <laughs> single time. And Conan would would like just like be like. Oh, I honestly thought that was different this time to the point to where after Conan finished his show, his, his live act, live action, his actual talk show recently, he brought Paul Rudd onto his podcast and he was like, Oh, what are you working on now? Working on now. Paul Rudd went into a two minute explanation of the show, this podcast he's working on. That was like this audio based thing. He's like, I have a clip from it. And Conan's like, okay. And it was the same <laughs> clip. For Mac and me, and Conan's like, "You son of a bitch!" It's like this is an audio format. He's like, "What? This is what I'm working on right now." And like, and if you they show the video of them recording together where he played the clip, and Conan was like, "I honestly believed we were past this because it's, a, it's an audio format." Somehow, some way, <laughs> he's gonna amazing. get. He's gonna be the dude that spearheads like a remake of that film. No, but even like one of Conan's like last like actual episodes, being like a talk show host, Paul Rudd came out. He's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All jokes aside, the other clip I wanted to show was from Super Babies, and he set it all up. He's like, oh, let me show me. T- let me show it to you now. And it was the same clip from Mac and me. <laughs> <laughs> it was him. I think. I think Bill Hader was on stage at the same time, and it's like they were cackling, and Conan was like. All right. Like basically I don't, it's like Lucy in the football every, every time, every time I got a rock <laughs> every time Lucy pulls the football away from Charlie Brown and it was Conan O'Brien. Anyway, that's, so that's hilarious. Mac and me. Yeah. It's one of those things. Um, 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 Mr. Science theater covered it somewhat recently on the Netflix series that they did. I've not watched that because the film was pretty great on its own. I've not gotten to the commentary <laughs> and I need to. So I'm sorry. I've talked way too long about Mac and me. It is, 
It is a train wreck of a film. Two podcasts worth almost. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, so the other thing I had a uh, connection there was uh, Steel Magnolias. Okay. Uh, but it's the Mac and me of sentimental um, drama. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> so anyways, uh, the, the next uh, cast member I have here is uh, Jason Presson. Uh, plays Eric. Uh, he was in Explorers that you were just mentioning a little bit yeah, ago. Yeah, that's not a great movie, but he, he's the one that's not Ethan Hawke or River Phoenix, the film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, oh, whatever happened to those two? Well, they were both celebrated, and then one had a short career. Yeah. And then um, I knew I recognized. <laughs> I'm not sure what to say about it, but <laughs> the, the one thing I did recognize this kid from, and it, I think it was weird the, like the longer hair but uh you ever seen lady in white i have not but i know that's an important like you know like ghost story type of film i, I is, know i need to i need to see it but i know it's like one that's been held up in high regard I, I will tell i will tell you two things one it traumatized me as a kid and two it is definitely a movie to watch during halloween time fair enough so did it traumatize you enough where you had to leave the theater and sit in the car with with your mom no i watched it at home so it was even worse i couldn't get him away from the the, the, you stopped it and just went in your car by yourself you just waited with like a paper bag (laughs) (laughs) there there was definitely movies that i watched at home and i had that same uh like impending dread like but i couldn't leave it you know like the theater wasn't like the area where it wasn't safe. Fair I enough. Was, it was my home now. Okay. <laughs> but uh, no, I need to see this. I know it's an important horror film. I've definitely not got check to it out. I mean, if uh, if you know, if there's plenty of places to watch it. Uh, if you really are desperate, uh, check it out on uh, YouTube. But um, because you know, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and then um, Gremlins. Wait, 2. You, mean, you mean YouTube? You mean the place that people may or may not find a lot of these uh, '80s Twilight Zone segments? Anyways, <laughs> but yeah, Gremlins 2 is the other connection to, you know, Joe Dante. Yeah, well, because it's him and another uh, another person here. They showed up as like yogurt jerks. Mm-hmm. And, and yep. um, yeah. So, yeah. So then we'll get to that in a second. But uh, uh, so Michael Lopez is uh, plays Peter. Uh, 17 credits. But all of them are, are like, well, all the ones that I know, like that, like make big Big, big big deals is directing and uh, producing now. Mm-hmm. So I don't know any of the the. the no, he was things. a quantum leap, but he's mainly a producer of competitive slash reality TV shows. So mm. all right, good on you for destroying. Um, yeah, you know nothing the, I know the cultural <laughs> landscape, right? So anyway, <laughs> yeah, good yeah. call. Um, and then so the one that you were just alluding to a second ago was a uh, Heather, uh, Jahaz, Haz, Jahaz, Haz, ha- just Haz. Okay, Haas. all right. Well, right. yeah, sure. Um. Leanne, I can't, I can't speak. So it's Leanna Ames. I think it's the name of Heather Haas as the character Leanna Ames. Yeah. Okay. So uh, one more episode that we'll talk about in the future. Uh, she was also in Iron Eagle, The Burbs, which we talked about yes. recently, and Gremlins too, like you were just talking about. But yeah, she was the other uh, yogurt jerk. <laughs> um, you know, in that in that movie. So so her big her big thing that she's doing now. She's a location manager. Yeah, or a number of TV shows, which, like, I that's a that's a job. I th- mean, no, that's no, no, a no, real that, that's a real job, and I feel like there's a lot of behind the scenes things that we never really dig into because one, we don't understand the complexity of the work, and two, like, also maybe we don't value the complexity of the work. And being a location manager means one, you have people scouting out locations, and then two, where it's like you need to coordinate staff 
um, like people producing what you're doing and actors and everybody else to be like, like the person who's behind the scenes of making sure that everybody's on time at the place and we're good to be here. That's an important job. And we don't give that enough credit because we always think like, Oh, it's a TV show. They're there when they need to be there. You know, like it's crazy. Like there's so many, like, uh, um, like, you know, um, what's, what's the right phrase? Um, like thankless jobs that go into production of TV shows that we love and, and, and movies, right? This is one of them. And she, this is her bread and butter now. So congratulate, like credit to you. Like that would be amazing, but it also seems like stressful as all get out because that's a lot of hurting cats. Yeah. And, and even like what we're talking about here, you know, it, that this is a huge production in its yeah. own right too. And like, we're not talking about all the moving parts, but this would also be a four-hour-long podcast to like really encapsulate what all these people are doing at the times that they're doing it. Like, you got to respect all the all the things that these uh, these actors, these uh, the, you know, producers, all these like people are doing, and like that's incredible. I'm glad that she moved on to do bigger and better things. I don't want to say bigger, but actually that's kind of disrespectful because that's the discredits like actors, but like yeah. she moved on. No, no. Know, the, did, the, the, did if things. she found her groove, credit to her. Right. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like maybe acting wasn't like maybe where it was, but you under you got into the minutia of producing things. Yeah. And didn't and leave the re- business, whatever yeah. you like that. You, you found some worth in it and you wanted to stay connected. Yeah, Cause it's it. very valuable. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So, so, so right. then um, next here we have Jeff Calhoun. 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 All right. So he plays the shadow man. Uh, four creds. Wasn't familiar with those. <laughs> uh, he has other work too. I just um no. He, he has done, as he, far as he, an actor. I'm not. He does a lot role. of theater work. He's a choreographer and a dancer, and it's like yeah, it's almost like you feel like oh, like I want Doug Jones, and then your mom's like, but we have Doug Jones at home. It's Jeff Calhoun, like you know, <laughs> like like the he has a posturing, and it's like he understood he understood the th- um the uh like the presence. Did he do the audio? I, I don't know. I See, I couldn't I'm, find that note. I wasn't sure who did the yes. voice. Okay. I'm gonna, yeah. I'm going to mean, because if a, if there was an uncredited voice thing, I'm sure it would show up by now. Okay. So, so all right. So, yeah. So he was the shadow man, you know? So, but like big, tall dude, you know, like kind of like rising up from things. And like, there's a, there is a certain like a uh, dramatic presence works real well, but yeah, that's about all I got from him too. Yeah. So, and then next here we have this. We're gonna do like a quick run through the rest of these. Yeah. Um, so Kathleen Cohoon, Coin, Coin. Yeah. Uh, she plays the mom. Uh, Twenty five credits. Um, lots She's of still shows. Working. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so do, 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 if I can get to the right spot here, if you're at that right. I spot. have some. Uh, Trisha uh, Bartholm as redhead girl. That's her credit. Uh, three credits, and she was an explorer. So I'm sorry, uh, Trisha. Um, but yeah, <laughs> but again, um, you know, whatever, like proven talent, bringing in, uh, Julia Hindler as girl with braces <laughs> for credits. Didn't like, there's a lot of, this is minor, but we'll, we'll, like, I have some here going on here. Okay. Um, Melissa Moltier as Janie only credit, uh, Christopher Gauche as boy one. He does a lot of cinematography and photography. So it's a lot of like lower, um, budget things, but Hey, Good on you, right? You know, you figure out what's going on, do what you got to do. Mark Bentley as Boy with Glasses, 15 credits, nothing of note. 
I wrote these notes 10 days ago. If it was important, I would have listed it. David Goldsmith is kid one. He is now a video assist operator, which I think is important because he actually did video assist on Suicide Squad, the first film, not the Suicide Squad. And Ad Astra, which is the um, um, Brad Pitt sci-fi film. So video assist is like you want to make sure that you have everything set up for the director to see how takes are going, like live action. So like you want to make sure everything's in place so the director can see how it's all playing out. So making sure that it's all working the way that everybody wants it to see. So the director could be like good to go or we need to do it again. So that's an important job as well. And then I also have Amy Amy O'Neill as blonde girl. She was Amy Zielinski in honey. I shrunk the kids. Yeah. Yeah. That is, I think that's another Dante film, right? Did he do both? He did not. Oh, sorry. Somebody did those films. That was another. I I think that might've been a Stephen King production. Or Steven Spielberg, Spielberg production, production, but I forget who did that. So anyway, she was in, in both Honey, I Shrunk the Kids and Honey, I Blew Up the Baby and an episode of Star Trek Next Generation. That's who I have. Here we go. That's it. My God. That was a lot of kids. Yeah, lots of kids. Uh, so I was like, I don't know how much more we want to get into this. Uh, yeah, but the, all right. So to Joe Johnson, was, uh, Johnston was uh, the director on. Uh, oh, OK. There we go. Yeah. All right. So all right. Let's just uh, get into uh, uh, Mr. Abeman's intro into The Shadow Man. When you're 13 years old, you're supposed to be beyond those childhood fears of things that go bump in the night. Supposed to be. But for Danny Hayes, those fears are about to rear up before him from the shadows of the Twilight Zone. From the shadows of the men's. Anyway, so uh, let's get into this. Can I just like, can I just say, tell you, Terry, for the beginning, what was what up this intro music and this, this segment? It was so weirdly upbeat in 80s. I didn't like it. It was very upsetting to me. The like, music was very strange in this. It was so weird. It, like, I just didn't understand yeah. like the tone that it was trying to set. Yeah. Which you made a joke to me before like we were walking up to my quote-unquote office, which is a heat box right now because it's the middle of summer. Uh, you made a joke about a certain other TV show we'll get to in a minute. That music felt very appropriate to that TV show and not The Twilight Zone. About how like I was like no it's a lot of fun it's it's just two kids in a library right so we'll get to that in a little bit later. That, that well, first of all, I yeah. love your office slash sauna, and you know sitting here <laughs> sitting here in a towel and drinking vodka just, with we you. Just it's, marinate, it's, we just marinate, guys. You don't understand. Nothing wrong we, with the it. The flavor gets packed in. It's amazing. So hopefully it somehow seeps into the <laughs> podcast, and you can somehow get that in your ear holes. <laughs> They're like. Um, this is like a brief aside because it's already going too long. Um, <laughs> do you remember what was it? Um, Vienna, uh, Vienna sausages. When you get in the can, there's like seven of them or whatever. Cause it was, sorry, it was six. It was like five around the edges and one in the middle. Do you remember Vienna sausages? Ill. But do you remember it? You remember it? Yes, I do. Yeah, that's, that's, Ew. that, that <laughs> is the poorest person food ever. You'd be like, you know what? What if I had canned meats, but also in the juice, but that's good enough for now. Dude, all right. So, <laughs> to quick answer your your uh, your little question there, um, I'm not trying to say I have a pinky out every time I go over to somebody's house, but my cousin back in the day, he's like, "Hey, man, you want you want to drink something?" I was like, "Yeah." It was like, "You got some Pepsi in it?" He's like, "No," but I got these hugs, and I'm like, "Ew." Hmm. He's like, "Hey, you want a snack?" 
I was like, yeah, what do you got? I was like, you got like some like uh, Slim Jims or something? He's like, I got these Vienna sausages. I'm like, ew. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what is going on in this household? Oh. I'm like, I just don't want any of the things that you have. To, I was actually like starving by every night that I went home. <laughs> like, I was like, <laughs> I mean, Vienna sausages are kind of like, it's like, Oh, is it wartime? Is this what we're having? And it was like, and then you it, drink the juice. Oh no, you no, no, drink no, 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 the no, juice. No, no, I, I don't care. How, I, I, <laughs> I, I was super poor. We would not drink the juice. Like my God, we had some, we had some respect. <laughs> no, we understood it was like a canned meat. You don't do that. Same thing with like smeat or like, um, like you know, spam. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's fine. Like. If you want to eat spam like raw out of the, it was pre cooked already out of the can. I ate goose livers and then. Oh, okay. Well, yeah, look so. at you being fancy with all your goose stuff, right? But I think was maybe sometimes I was like, my only option is spam in a can. I'm going to eat that. It's fine. But via sausages, no, 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 no. Juices, that is gross. Like, I don't care how poor I am. You can't do that. No. But it's like without, you pull out all the bologna and you're like, oh, there's a little bit of no, no. It's like it's like eating like whenever you get like baked beans, you're like, oh, that's the fat wad. Like, don't eat that. That's Ew. disgusting. You know. <laughs> you know what I mean? Though you're like, oh, yeah, that's I, a, that, oh look at that's the real treasure. Oh, oh, that's you, that's you, the worm at the end of the tequila. <laughs> oh, Billy, you found the marble in the oatmeal. No, that's not. That is not what you do, anyway. So, this intro music Ugh. was terrible. Um, yeah, and that just, was yeah. It, did, it was it was <laughs> it changed. It, like it changed in like weird spots yeah. too. I was like, no, the but, music. But this why? was the Vienna sausage of music. I don't understand that. Anyway, so we get Danny and his friend, which I, I it was like so it was really hard because there's like seven thousand kids in this episode. It was really hard to figure out like um, who Who's was who, who and like yeah. why they were important to yeah. the story. Um, it was, uh, Peter, his, his friend, Peter, like, so Danny and Peter in like study hall or some, some, some shit in the library. And, um, we get, um, the whole thing where, uh, Danny is trying to come up with the ways to, um, trick Liana into going out with him. That doesn't age well, no, but whatever. He's like, well, what if I send her a concert ticket? And then she like to a thing she wants to go. And then she shows up and I happen to be beside her. I'm like, yeah, that's not cool. But anyway, uh, we get uh, Peter being like, what's wrong with you? And he's like, and it's like, anyway, we get that they're friends. We also get that like Danny's super smart. That's I think that's kind of he's kind of the dorky dude yeah. that no one gets. Like you know? he'll do he'll do extra credit just because. And then Danny's like, why are sorry? Peter's like. Why would you do that? You blow up the curve for the rest of us. And then Danny's like, so that just shows that like he like, he's like, well, nobody, nobody will, um, nobody gives a shit about me. So why do I care about the curve? I think that's fair. Right. So then he is obsessed with uh, Liana and then he's trying to find ways to go with her anyway. So his buddy, Peter's like, forget about it. But then as uh, Danny's walking home, Eric uh, from explorers, um, he's the bully. He ends up using Liana as bait to attract Danny, right? And so Danny goes to talk to her. And then Eric's buddies, uh, who are dressed up like um, Leatherface and, I don't know, the guy from Motel Hell, I think. It's like a pig face and like a Leatherface yeah. thing. Chase him with like whatever and scares him. And then Eric's like, we knew you were a chicken. I'm like, I don't know. That doesn't seem fair because people showed up as like crazies with like weapons 
And you're scared of that? This this sequence is kind of weird and overproduced. Like it's just like it seems like um was it Liana or whatever? Yeah. She it like looks angelic, but also like super sexy. And it's like she's 13, dude. Well, like, uh, sexy. It's like the hair Danny, is like flowing like, in the wind like, I, I, and everything. Like, it's I like, understand. It's like that that crush. I, I I do understand what was going for. I'm not saying that I'm like now being in my fours. I'm like, hey, but it's more like I understand that Danny's like, oh, it's my crush. Like I'm gonna go approach her. Like I get that. It's more. It's not. It's not innocent in the sense of like. We know there. We know there's a trap set, but we understand that Danny is compromised because he has a crush. So there, I will say, there's yeah. just like this weird timeline, like when you're growing up, though. That do you really feel this way? Like maybe if you're asking somebody to the sock hop, but like, <laughs> this dude Terry he, is 80 years old asking people to sock hop. <laughs> we had sock hops. Okay, well, we we did you too. Didn't have was, we did too. It was like the right after the football games, there would be a sock hop. I was. I we had sock hops in elementary school. Oh. Yeah. All right. Well, congratulations. But I'm it was 38 always- years old. Back <laughs> off, dude. <laughs> but no, like, I just like, I think that this is like a little bit of like a weird timeline. Back in my day, socks were on and pants were on as well. Oh, anyway, Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> no, but it's like, but there, you understand high school crushes hit harder than any crush. Not in high school. Well, I mean. In- Middle school. For- the- sure. Okay. This is 13 years old. Like his mother. Okay. specifically says that he's 13 years old so i don't know like Maybe. i feel like this that's is fair that's fair you're right, written you're right. for a different cast but whatever i mean this is also coming off the generation that smokes cigarettes every day so there was a a weirder life expectancy so maybe maybe i don't know but you're right like it was still kind of weird it was very much like a carry like bullying situation going on uh so yeah anyway he's like scared and like uh um, like Eric was like, Oh, we all knew we were a baby. It's like, yeah, you got chased by like pig masks and a chainsaw. Who wouldn't react to that? Yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, I would have been sitting in my own shit there. Like that would have been no, pretty. Yeah. No kidding. Right. Yeah. So then I, so we cut to Danny in his, his bedroom, which I just want to point out that every TV needs a dinosaur fight. Yeah. Uh, what's that? Uh, Land of the Lost. Sure. I believe it was. But yeah, like I just he so he's got the TV going, he's got the radio going, he's got lights on, and he's he's now my wife. Like my wife has to have every single thing going on all the time. Like it doesn't matter. I need I need something. Like I we my wife and I listen to forensic files every night. Like that's like that's that's our lullaby. He's he's (laughs) falling asleep, but it's like oh the breastbone's hard to break open. Like. Like yeah, like her remains were found in three different locations. It's like, well, whoa, geez, all right, yeah, so I, but, yeah. <laughs> no, but like, sleep. no. So I can I can respect him needing to have some kind of like active media. Yeah, um, it's like because I, I I as well for me it's like I need to have like I always listen to a podcast while I'm sleeping because the conversation lulls me in all right yeah i get that to a degree maybe not as much murder as uh terry and his wife have but whatever um no but it's like (laughs) but tv radio lights but his mom comes in is like oh we accept this as a kid but not now it's like oh look at you parents not like actually trying to understand his apprehension and where he's at you never ask why as opposed to telling him no so, not that this ever plays into the actual episode, but I like everybody has their routines and their comforts, right? I think that's fair. So, 
he, uh, so the mom turns everything off and it's like, this is like the one time where he's like, but no. And then so as the TV's turned off the radio and all the lights, that's when the shadow man appears. It's like, oh, but not before this. Like, I don't know. It just feels weird. It's like the one night that everything gets turned off. It's like, oh, shit's rumbling. Windows are opening. Here comes the shadow man. Yeah. You didn't hear Darth Vader <laughs> under your bed at any one point. Like, I don't know. Like there was a weird jump between. Yeah, he's just kind of scared of the dark. And then this night, and then, like, dude comes out from under the bed. Which I thought it would be better if he'd be like, no, he'll come. It's like, shut up. Just go to bed. You know, like something to feed into this. Like, but didn't I, you hear, like, a story? Like, maybe there was a story. You heard somebody yeah, else. Like you know. a fairy tale or something. Right. right. But I also put my my notes here. I was like, it's the Undertaker. I mean the Shadow <laughs> Man. <laughs> Like, boom, boom. <laughs> you know, and like it might as well have been the Undertaker. <laughs> like, yeah, at this point, yeah, because he's got the brimmed hat, <laughs> totally cloaked in shadow. Like, yeah, I it's and he's tall, yeah. AF. Like, yeah, and so he says, "I am the Shadow Man, and I will not harm the person under whose bed I live." And he's also like, "Rest in peace." He doesn't say that, but it was the Undertaker. And, Grabs him by and, this nostril. Yeah, and then uh, <laughs> and then he's like, "I will, I will not harm the person on whose bed I live." And then I will float out the window, <laughs> like and so, yeah, um, you know, um, like uh, Danny's like freaked out, understandably so. He's like, "Oh, well, that's bad news." And so then um, <laughs> the yeah. next, the, so the next day, he's talking to Peter, Peter and telling him like, "Oh, yeah, you know, like this is what happened," and then telling him how he uh, like stayed a night on the couch. I think it's actively because he pissed on his own bed. Like, <laughs> again, he's like, oh, I again, couldn't sleep in my own urine. Yeah, like, it's like, oh, it was too warm there. Like, what do you mean? Nothing. Nothing like at I, all. I don't and, like water beds. Yeah. But to be fair, like, valid response. Yeah. yeah. But, yeah. like, so, like, Peter tries to, like, be like, oh, whatever. You know, is it something that you ate? I ate liver. And, like, yeah, but he's like, but, like, he's like, I had meatloaf last night. He's like, well, yeah, it probably. Like, you had a bad shit. trip? Yeah. Like, yeah. it's. Yeah. Like mushrooms? What's- yeah, right, right. So so that's the whole thing. But then as they're like talking, um, they pass a weirdly timed conversation from like one of the popular kids about like one of the creeps from the night before uh, was getting attacked. So one of the creeps from that, that jumped um, uh, Danny got attacked by somebody really tall, really skinny and all dressed in black. I mean, I was like, you mean Slender Man? Because I don't know about Slenderman, but I he's believe out there. it was actually both of the kids. Yeah, no, but like, so we're gonna find that, like, yeah, two of them got attacked by somebody. It's like they only got described by like being tall and dark and slender. I'm like, all right, well, if it's Slenderman, we're all dead. But whatever, anyway. So, um, so then uh, we have uh, we <laughs> we have Danny uh, sleeping upright. I'm going to ask you, have you ever fallen asleep, like sitting in a sitting position that wasn't on a couch where you could like rest your back? Um, not in bed, but yeah, I've, I've definitely fallen asleep sitting upright. Yeah. Yeah. But like, but he was where it's like, he had no support where he's like, I guess I'm done now. All right. Well, if you've done that, then I guess. The no, not like that. No, no I, it was I've weird, never like right? slumped yeah. over. Yeah. Like, yeah, I've not like. Maybe but, driving, and that's bad news. But anyway, so. well, just like I mean, even thinking about the narco, not narcolepsy, but like the the lack of sleep. I mean, like think of uh, was it Nancy? Not Nancy. Um, yeah, Nancy from like Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, yeah like yeah. just her like being plagued by like sleepless nights yeah. 
multiple times. It's like, like it's one thing to be like, because you know, you, you know, as it goes, right? Where it's like, as you're getting more and more tired, you're like, oh, if I could just like do this and like stretch out, you're like, I'll be okay. You convince yourself to be comfortable, and then you pass out. Mm-hmm. But with him holding his Polaroid camera, he just falls asleep with his head like jumping forward. I'm like, I've never done that. I've dozed off falling, uh, like while I've been driving. Yeah, yeah, that's bad. Right? Yeah, he's but, bad. It's yeah, a, yeah, no, I try not to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> No, but like, so the shadow man shows up and he's like, oh, I got to take a Polaroid picture, but my flash doesn't work because I didn't check it ahead of time. That, that is, that is a specifically eighties problem. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> so the shadow man leaves. He didn't get any pictures. Right. So, all right. So then and we find out the next day there's a wanted man. <laughs> that wanted love poster that. is amazing. It's in the school. Yeah, well, no, it's not in the school. It's, 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 it's it, at the no, restaurant or it's whatever. A, it, it's, it's uh, I called it the max. Cause that was the name of the diner it's from like, Saved by uh, the Bell. That was called. Oh, the is that what? Oh. Yeah, but it's like for I wrote my notes here for a town living in fear of a shadow man. The max is really packed. It was like it's like for a town that has a curfew. Every goddamn kid is in this diner. It's just eating French fries, and there's a wonderful painting shot going from conversation to conversation about everything going on. But I'm like, pretty sure all the parents would be like. No, get the hell home. Yeah, I'm surprised that nobody like just ripped their kids out of there and like like no, it's not happening. You know, but it's like French fries and pizza until the sun goes down. Anyway, like I, I just recently watched a uh, uh, Silver Bullet and they did they enacted a, a you know a curfew as well. Those kids were not out. No, that, that that's that's a valid thing, right? Where it's like it'd just be like, hey, Screech, get in the car, we're going home. You know, like whatever. <laughs> It was so bad. It was so bad where it's like, oh, I guess. But it's like because kids were being kids and they're all worried about everything. But there was never it was never this whole thing of like, I guess I got to get home until until a little bit later. Whenever uh, Liana is talking to Eric, you know, our bully, a.k.a. part of the swim team, the 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 really important swim team. Maybe I'm diminishing the swim team's importance. Again. 13, 14 years old. How yeah. important is it really? Yeah, right. Um, I got to get that participation trophy. Anyway, so. Yeah, it's like, are, are yeah. there scouts? Like, I, I <laughs> are, are they scouting that early? Man, like, man, seriously. I could, I could get the swim states. I don't know. Anyway, so. But oh, um, Eric's like, no, nah, I can help you with maths. I got to get home because there's a shadow man. It's, and, and like, Danny is like, all right. He's in with an earshot here. Yep. He goes to Leanna's house and well, yeah. knocks on her door first he overhears everything right and he's like oh this is my end right so he figures he's safe to go out because the shadow man lives under his bed so he's like all right i have nothing to fear. i'm a protected yeah. man so he goes over to her house he's like hey i'm gonna help you with math you know six plus nine anyway <laughs> sorry that's i'm sorry that's not really quite math but it's like we should hang out sometime i right? think it's algebra yeah, i think sure. they're working on i can all right brief aside Right here, brief aside. So, uh, when I went to high school, um, we switched from, I don't know, maybe you're younger than me. I don't know how you guys treated your semesters in terms of like your, your, um, schooling. Did you do like your, like halfway through, you got like one report card and then at the end you got another report card. Like you got your yeah, halfway through. Yeah. We ended up splitting. We ended up going to like, um, six weeks. So it was one, one, two and three, meaning you got your first, second, and third. No kidding. Grades, okay. right? So when I was in geometry, I got a B, an A, and a D. Um, what's that spell? Bad. 
Yeah, that, I should not have went on to algebra. That's what I'm saying. Because geometry just fell apart for me. And I was like, oh, no wonder this doesn't make sense. Geometry is not fun. No, well, clearly for me, it's like I couldn't, I just, me and math, if, it meant a, if we've met in a dark alley, it would beat the goddamn lights out of me. Like I'm not, other than basic math, like I just don't, like it's all magic. It's all nonsense to me. I don't understand it. I did fairly well at math, but, you know, like geometry, it can eat a dick. Like, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I hate geometry. At, at right angles. No, yeah. but, but what, uh, no, but what I'm all saying cylinders. is like, what I'm saying is like, whenever I got to like algebra two, because it was algebra, geometry and algebra two, I did so bad in algebra two. I had, I ended up having to take like a remedial math course just to graduate high school. It was basically like, Oh, you have two things. We add two things. How many things do you have? I'm like, four? And they're like, congratulations, you have you have finished high school. I'm like, oh my gosh, I can't even do that. That was this. kind of my first year. And then the next two years was algebra and then geometry. And somehow I passed geometry. Yeah. I, I even when I went to college, they gave me like this test to take to see where it would actually kind of grade out. And um I didn't do so good. So I had to take like a remedial algebra course which I did so bad at in college. I regressed so bad on the final. I flipped the test over and I was like, um, it's not because of your failure to teach me. It was my failure to learn. I wrote on the back of the test and I got a C. <laughs> and I moved on. I'm like, oh, thank you, sir, for recognizing my inability to understand numbers. Like, so yeah. anyway, so Liana is doing better help. than me. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want to admit, every, we, we've admitted like I'm way, way better, way, way less better at math and Terry. So anyway, so yeah, so she, <laughs> so uh, yeah. you know, we get Danny just like knocking on her door. Yeah, saying, he's being a creeper. Yeah, that's yeah. really strange. Like because yeah. he didn't have a conversation with her yeah. at the restaurant. He, he is he's leveraging his knowledge of like. Oh, well, I guess we can go for a walk. She's like, no, because there's a shadow man out there. He's like, well, all right, I guess I can go. And she's like, but I need help with math. And it's like, well, those things now that's not aged. Well, you know, it's cause it gets very uh, Again, awkward. This seems like it's written for an older child. Fair enough. Uh, uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Like I just so. don't understand why this dude, well, this kid is 13 years old and I'm doing this kind of behavior. Like, Whatever. Yeah. So then we like they get to the next day. We get to the diner. Um, and um, what was it? Um, He's new kid on a block. Yeah. Like, well, I, I'm sorry. Are... We, we're doing the high school thing. So we get Peter talking to her and suddenly he's like Mr. Popular mm-hmm. and we get um, uh, uh, what's like I can, I've seen Camp by Me Love. You yeah. Know, right. Like... Eric is not happy because he's like swimming, but also math and he gets mad at it. So then we go to, <laughs> yeah, we get to the, the max later where um, we get uh, Peter going up to Danny. He's like, Hey, you know, um, the shadow man thing is going on a lot now. At first I didn't believe you, but I kind of do now. And then Danny's like, eh, what are you going to do about it? I got everything I want. No one's believing Talk- me anyway. Yeah, so yeah. I got my popularity as much as he's being a dick. I don't disagree with him where it's like, you know, well, well, well when you think about it from Danny's uh, perspective, first of all, it's the bullies. Then it's the people he doesn't know. Yeah. And then it's the people that are kind of like, uh, like failing them to be friends. Yeah. So like when you think about Peter, he's not being a good friend 
So he's kind of ex- excommunicating himself. So why would Danny care? Well, I mean, but it's like Peter's been there from the jump in terms of being a friend with him. Sort so, of. Well, I mean, we don't know how long they've been friends, right? He's kind of sort of making fun of him, too, calling him, uh, what does he keep on calling? He like, you know, like he calls Einstein Sherlock. or Sherlock. Or, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's like. So, yeah, but we don't know how long that goes. And it's like, and I, I can sympathize to the point of like, I understand that high school's hard. In terms of like trying to find your way where you fit in or it being accepted, I get that. And the bullying, like I can also understand that a great deal because I was bullied as, as much. Like my God, like it was, it was terrible. I remember at one point, um, I, I it was part what it was was part of the chess team. One of my friends that I knew for a long time, he went to the football team. And so he had to be a jock and he had came up to me. He was like, are you out there doing jumping jacks and, and sit-ups and, and push-ups all this time? And I, all the, like, whatever, whatever. And I was like, yeah, I'm not that stupid. And, um, he got mad at me because I was like, I'm part of the chess team and I'm not out there in the sun dying. Like, don't, don't question my commitment to an action. He had no response. He's like, well, whatever. And walked away. And I'm like, <laughs> chess will lead me places. Spoiler, it didn't. But you know, but whatever. I, I I understand this bullying of like, f them. Like they never cared about me. F them. Like you know the whole thing with 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 Danny. It's like he is feeling he's he's sowing his oats. He's feeling full of himself. We understand that that that's the pride that comes before the fall. But I don't completely disagree where he's at. But I also understand that like him dismissing his friend who's been with him through it all yeah and you know this kind of mirrors a discussion that you me and your uh, co-host steve had on uh invasion of the podcast about christine yes um you know this kid has a weird sense of power right now yeah he's arnie whenever his buddy's kind of dennis and like kind of in some ways he feels bulletproof and why not reap the benefits of this power you know so then whenever he's there, uh, Liana wants to talk to him. He's like, I got friends to talk to. And then uh, Eric shows up. He's like, hey, my dad told you not told me not to fight you during swim season, but I don't care. So then Danny's like, all right, well, let's just, let's just fight at 9, 9 p.m. tonight in the dark at a park where all the attacks been happening. And then he's like, fine, whatever. Uh, so then we get to this sequence, right? Well, before that... Um, <laughs> This is my favorite part of the episode where Danny feels like he's untouchable and he's like, I, he's using a comb. You couldn't convince me that's not a switchblade comb. Mm -mm. (laughs) He's just combing his hair. He's just doing a Tom Savini from Dawn of the Dead. (laughs) Yeah. It's like, and he talks to the shadow man. He's like, I want to attack who's under the bed. He's like, yeah, good on you. Can you close the window when you like, when you come back in, it's, it's a really like, again, feeling bulletproof. Like, it's a really funny. It's really funny because it's like, Oh yeah. He's so full of himself. Well, he kind of like reassures himself to you. Like, are you sure you're not going to hurt me? Right. He's like, I will not, you know, it's like, whatever. It's like, it's a, it's a fun little, little, tidbit there it's like it's a fun bit of dialogue and the way he plays is actually pretty great so so we get danny he goes to the the playground again the music is goofy i don't like any of the scoring in this yeah which feels like it's going to be a fallacy for the majority of this series it like it really it messes with the tone of the cinematography and that shouldn't that's fair it it should complement it if anything else it makes me feel it, like it makes it feel very disjointed. Yeah. So did we get Danny? He's in the the playground, 
and he sees Peter come up and he's like, uh, well, Eric. Eric. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. There's too many kids. There's too many kids. Yeah. So he sees Eric, the bully, um, coming up, wanting to kick his ass. And, you know, he's like, let's do this. And now he's like, but, you know, but wait. And he starts backing up, backing up. And then he falls into a swing. And that's all of a sudden when we see the shadow man rise up behind Danny. And it's like, we. Eric is like, oh, dude, we got to get the hell out of here. Like, the dude's right behind you. <laughs> He's the, on you, man. It's and, the fuzz. Cheese it. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> we see smoke. <laughs> Eric is gone. And yeah, we Danny's, get, Dan, Danny's like, oh, no, nah, no, nah, we're cool, man. Like, don't worry about it. I'm going to talk to I'm gonna talk to my shadow bro here. And he's like, yeah, you know, you might want to catch up with him. I, he's kind of fast, you know, like in basic terms here. And... He's just bearing down on him, bearing yeah. down on him, bearing down. There, there's some really good Dutch angles that are going on during the sequence, which uh, if people don't know what a Dutch angle is, it's always kind of off kilter camera angles. We got like, a few of them earlier. There's too. like a 45 degree angle and like go back and watch the Batman 66 series. You'll see a lot of them. Uh, it, it, it's one of those things where it leaves the viewer um, off kilter and there's a lot of fun to be had with some of this, especially with the sequence. Because it, it makes things not feel uh, appropriate. Hitchcock was amazing no, Dutch, at Yeah, doing. Dutch angles. It's like one of those things where it's like, oh, things aren't going well because we as the viewer, our view is askew of mm. everything going on. So there's some good Dutch angles here. And so we finally get this like bit of dialogue where uh, the shadow man grabs a hold of Danny. And Danny's like, wait a minute. You know, like. He ba- ba- oh, I'm just like gonna say it like in a very like generic terms. Danny says like, "No, no, what are you doing? Like, we're cool, right?" <laughs> and he's, he's like, like, "I'm the Shadow Man. We're not cool." <laughs> yeah. It's like, I will not hurt the person who bed I live under or whatever the hell it was. But he's like, "But I am a Shadow Man from somebody else's bed." Yeah. And he so, just strangles well, him. Well, so we get this like this like pulling shot, like it's a it's a crane shot, like pulling away from the playground with the shadow man uh, about to like you know choke slam. Like he's he's he has Danny yeah. like at least two yeah, feet he, off the he, ground. Like, he's going to choke slam him or do a tombstone power driver <laughs> into the ground, um, and uh, and that's it. And that's the end. Of, that's the end of the segment. Um, with goofy music still. <sighs> I don't like the music. Like, yeah. it's still there. Like, yeah, why? It's, it's so it's so bad. So so yeah, it's like for as much as we know that the shadow his shadow man is going out and just being like screwing people up. There's been no impl- impl- uh, implication of death. This one is like, oh, I didn't get that memo. I'm gonna I'm gonna kill. Like, I'm gonna kill all these kids in this playground. Like who? What shadow man? Who's on the clock right yeah. now? Like. I, I don't know. Like it would have been better. have been like, I live under Peter's bed or something like the least show. Like the, the ending of this, I'm not okay. I, this will, we'll get into the twist ready a second that Danny gets his comeuppance from his being like, you know, this asshole. Now he's figured out everything going on. That's expected. However, the way it plays out, there's nothing here in the episode the segment itself that seeds it to pay off correctly. So that's my first, that's my biggest frustration with this because everything else about this is a lot of fun, but the ending doesn't make any sense. It doesn't. And like, how is this payment warranted? Yeah. Like, so, all right. So the, the, all the people that have witnessed the, the, 
the Shadow Man, have gotten hurt. Not killed, hurt. Yeah. Uh, Joe Dante said in an interview that he wanted to, to be kind of left to open to the fact that he was killed at the end of this. Danny was killed, choked to death. I was like, but why? Yeah. It doesn't it doesn't pay off. That's frustrating. There's a like an amount of like negative energy that he prod upon himself. Like, maybe like, better have been like, I am the shadow sense. man and I choose to live under a different bed now. Like something like that'd have been better. Like I think I think it'd been like I choose to live under your friend's bed. And if, if you saw like, you know, uh, Peter in the Real background. Real estate is better. Yes. He has a water bed, and that's really cool for the 80s or whatever. Like, <laughs> right. it's, like, like, it's much more space for activities or something, you know, like. His mom doesn't turn off the music. Yeah, right. You know, it's like, you know, it's like, I, I prefer some light FM in the evenings. Anyway, so no, like, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, and you, you stole my thunder. Um, I, like, before we started recording, and we're coming upstairs, and you're like, oh, this episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? My God. Like, <laughs> this feels like the the tale of the Shadow Man submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Because one, it's kid-centric, and that's fun, right? And two, the ending doesn't make any sense because you can hand wave it away on that series where it's like, oh, it's just a bunch of kids around a campfire. Ah, but this isn't this is the Twilight Zone. This is the same, this is the same series, the same season. That is giving us nightcrawlers. Like you needed, even the Burning Man made more sense story wise, right? Like Dead Woman's shoes made more sense. Uh, even as much as as much as we didn't like the last segment, like or sorry, we're indifferent about Wong's Lost and Found Emporium. It made a narrative sense. This doesn't, right? And that's frustrating because if this is only Joe Dante's only uh, segment of the Twilight Zone. And it's just, you, you could have had a minute to sew this up together. You could have thought about this more and you didn't do it. Padded it up a little bit more. Some, something you, you I, had, you had enough time to plant the seeds to make this sew up together and make this a big F you ending. And it is an F you ending, but it's one of those ones where it's like, it's a very, very small lowercase F you ending that doesn't pay off. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's frustrating. It's very frustrating. I, I don't feel like this is a terrible episode. But no, it's I don't, fun. I don't feel like it is enough of a Twilight Zone episode. Yeah. And like this fits right kind of tangentially in a Goosebumps. <laughs> Maybe a little bit too mature for that, but like it it definitely feels securely. I like in, that you're uh, dra- dragging this in the Goosebumps territory versus Are You Afraid of the Dark? I like that. Well, like it fits more securely in a Goosebumps or a. Uh, uh, are you afraid of dark? No, I, I've never seen Goosebumps. I'm going to guess that that's even more. I, I that, tried watching it, dude. It, like, it, it was, a, <laughs> it was around okay. that time like when I was still like 14, 15 years old. And I was like, this is this is lame. Yeah. <laughs> Without saying other words, but I was about to say <laughs> like it, it, it's just it's it's super lame. <laughs> um, which I, I I hear this fear a uh, fear street stuff is better, but well the the, the Netflix the fear street trilogy that's come out just uh, his storylines too like yeah. uh, R L Stein yeah um yeah because they're like yeah. more mature level well, kind of he he will Fish. write for younger and then more uh, like a little bit older um like young adult oh there's one there's one of his books I read I think it's called Monster. 
that I read years and years ago that was actually really fun. It was a lot of fun. Um, and I, I think, I think R.L. Stein, like, give him credit. He at least knows his, where his, his bread's buttered. You know, mm-hmm. that's fair, right? But be that as it may, I think the Twilight Zone, not that you can't have, like, the, you could have either done this lightheartedly or not. You can't split the difference on this. I think it's either, it's like, oh, the shadow man is just a guy that goes out and whatever. It's like, he's trying to do better by me. And I need to tell him like, I can fight my own battles and you need to go away and find another bed, something like that. Or like, oh, I'm the shadow man. And I'm going to go to a different bed versus there's multiple shadow men. Like, why wouldn't they fight each other? Like, that's what I want to see. Yeah, like yeah. maybe he hurts his buddy or something. Like, yeah, like, yeah you hurt the the, the hurt bully, Peter, then was, you hurt your buddy. Yeah, it's like, in and finding, then, like I don't need yeah. you anymore. Like, yeah. whatever. Like, like, where he challenges him, and it's kind of like the whole, like, you've went too far. This is like, we're this, we're not cool anymore. Let's get this out of the way. Yeah. Type of thing. There's a lot of different ways you could approach this. Right? Yeah, it, it, yeah. I, think, I think it's an interesting concept. Uh, don't necessarily think that there's anything bad here in a sense. It's just the, the, the overall execution towards it's frustrating towards it's, the it's, end of it. Like yeah. I, the, one of the things that I, I would change immediately is the music. Like just this, <laughs> the, the score just I, messed it all up for me. No, it, it feels like the eighties kind of gave like, up on. Yeah. I'm like, dude, can we, dude, stop. Like, we knock it kids off. kids in middle school now. Like, it's, like, it, it's so bad. It who, is so bad. Like, I don't, like, I didn't really look, like, and I honestly don't want to look at it. It doesn't cause, matter. Because it, it pissed me off. It was Hans Zimmer. I'm kidding. That's not- <laughs> oh, God. Right. So Jerry Goldsmith, he was like, hey, you know, I, I'm going to step in for a second yeah. and put some music to this. Yeah. Because it needs something. No, it's. It, it, it was Edio Morricone slumming. No, I'm kidding. Oh, God. No, that, was- could you imagine? <laughs> All the, woo, like on the, wah, wah, wah. right on the playground. No. <laughs> no, no, it was so bad. It was really, really bad. But it's uh, like that was that yeah. honestly felt like the worst part to me. Yeah, it was frustrating because it takes you out, right? Because you want to get you want to get as much as we have bemoaned some of the stock music choices of the original Twilight Zone, mm-hmm. where they have their comedy scores. There are some magnificent. Like a, like um, like scoring and like accompaniment that goes on, and it's like that doesn't change that now. Like in terms of the '80s, but whatever, it, it is what it is. Choices were made, and we can debate it now. So I, yeah. I think that cinematography was one of the better parts yeah. of this. Like it was, honestly. it was it was wonderfully the use dark. of shadows, uh, yeah, like yeah, it was and like appropriate. Yeah, it was a little murky because they shot on film and then transferred to video, mm. which I would. I, I don't I think it's all lost, but since the original the series was shot on film, can we go back to the originals to get a remaster? That would be amazing. I think it's all gone now. I think nobody gave a shit about the series. And I don't think anybody would give a shit now either. I just I think Because they would, don't even want to put this on streaming. No, but it would tighten up everything so much if we yeah. actually went back to the original film negatives. And I think that would show people there's some legs here. If but, you're listening, yeah. Paramount. Yeah, right. Whoever. Yeah, whoever. The right. powers that be. Yeah. People care. All right. So, uh, any other notes before we get like before we get to the twist and everything? I just nah, dude. I'm 
<laughs> I didn't. Fi- I I brought up the notes because uh, I th- I felt like we needed to bring those notes up. That's fair. While we were talking about, and we it. talked about all the 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 young people that are brought in after Explorers yeah. that were part of this. So yeah, let's just get to that twist. All right, so the twist rating is going to be one through five. One being we saw it coming from a mile away, and five being mind blowing. Um, I'm going to give it a two. Like, let me let me quantify that. That doesn't speak to the segment itself. Two meaning, I knew the main character would have comeuppance, so I was expecting that at the end. However, it didn't pay off. I would have given it a higher twist rating if there would have been something a little bit more there. I'm going to give it a three. I didn't necessarily think that there would have been another uh, shadow man from That's another fair. yeah another bed to come get him. Um. As far as like how they've kind of spun all of this, though, they could have gotten a five. They yeah, could have. They could have. They could have. This could have been. Whew, this could have been. This could have been a humdinger. This right? is like low hanging fruit, honestly. Like you had a yeah. story that you could have been like, "We're gonna drop some jaws when we watch this." You could have even had it whenever his buddy ran to the park to try to disrupt the fight, and then after like the the bully ran away, his friend gotten taken out because. Mm. He's in the he's in the way and didn't believe him. And the shadow man's like, oh, well, he's not devoted to you. And then see his cost like that could have been that could have been really dark. Is there a plague of like shadow men in this town, too? Like, I just want to know, like, what the hell is going on with the shadow man? <laughs> yeah, I just want all them to, I just want them if they're working their beat. They're like, oh shit, I'm sorry, what's going on over? Here? Like, yeah, I gotta punish this kid. Or he's like, we oh, need to get some oh, over here oh, in this yeah. area. The shadow yeah. men need I, to. Start. I want them to all meet together and be like, oh, are you dealing with this guy? Yeah, it's fine. Fine. They compare notes. They're like, all right, if we all work together the same night, we can beat the living crap out of most of these yeah, kids. Yeah, because <laughs> they they had those asshole kids locked down. Man, like we need to get some of them over here. Yeah, right. Shadow men. <laughs> Unite. It, it makes me think of that bit. <laughs> it makes me think of that bit in The Simpsons whenever the flu bug was coming through, and it was all so bad that there was a sequence where you saw flu clouds going to an intersection, and they're all driving through, and then the red light happened, and they stopped, and they wait for other flu to go through. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it feels like. Where it's like, oh my bad. <laughs> like I want them to be like, come to Umbria. Where all the shadow men are, whatever it is, right? So, all right, that's going to do it. Like, it's just, this this was perfect. It was okay. And then when you you took the thunder from me, when you're like, oh, it was a, are you afraid of the dark? Yeah, this was, even by all standards, this was a lesser, are you afraid of the dark episode? <laughs> like, like submit. Well, when you hear like Joe Dante said like, no, nah, he's just strangled that kid to death. It's like, well, okay, well, yeah. it got way darker than that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what was it? Whatever. Uh, uh, my wife and I talked about the, the tale of the dark music. Like, oh yeah, that, that, that brother definitely killed his sister. That's a good episode, episode too. Just if I do. That's way better than this. Right? Yeah, it is. <laughs> but it's well-rounded. Time, you're like, Oh, that's not good, right? So, right. All right. <laughs> that's going to do it for our discussion about The Shadow Man. Uh, you guys can find us on Facebook, face, Facebook, Facebook at uh, Strange Highways. Uh, we're posting uh, things there all the time. Well, when we're not like between weeks, you know, you know, episodes, whatever. Anyway. Trying to keep up on it. Yeah, it's just, it is what it is. But you can find us there on Strange Highways. You can e- email us directly at Strange Highways uh, podcast at uh, gmail.com. Wherever you find your podcast, rate and review us would be greatly appreciated. I know it's harder than like it's it's difficult sometimes with all like there's one million different podcast apps out there. However, 
you know, if you, if you were listening to us through one rate review us, like, please figure it out. I am not a smart man. Clearly I would like, I've explained my difficulties with math. I don't, I just, anyway, or recommend it to other people. That's way easier. Go on social media and be like, Hey, these guys have a lot of fun. And we uh, talk about the, uh, we, we question, um, all the shadow men. Let us know. Like, we enjoy the conversation. The more the merrier, it'd be great. And Terry, how can people find us otherwise? You can check us out on Instagram. We're having fun over there as well. It's been kind of a, a weird little uh, spot of time. Uh, we apologize about that. Um, we've had a couple of our Real fans. Real life happens. Everybody yeah. needs to understand. Yeah, we've had a couple fans reach out. Uh, we apologize. Uh, there's been some... Um, you know, family issues and that, and uh, we apologize. So I hope you understand and uh, can respect that. But we're back. We're ready to kick some ass, and we're going to watch some weird shit with you guys. <laughs> um, but, yeah, please check us out on Instagram. Please rate and review us on Spotify as well. Like, I mean, some people forget that Spotify has this, like, weird little five-star rating thing. Yeah, and also it's, like, the biggest way people listen to most things. Yeah, so, so yeah. If, if you can please rate and review us. Yeah. Like, I mean, I find most of my stuff on MySpace now, but if people, if people are not as old as me, go to, go to Spotify. It still works for you. <laughs> MySpace is all about bands and stuff. I don't know. Anyway, uh, I go to Friendster to but, find all of my uh, audio. I'm kidding. Yeah. Um, we love you guys and thank you for being patient and everything. Um, this has been, uh, it's been a hell of a ride and I hope you guys will stay there with us. I, I just, I mean, it makes me wonder if someone's generally mad and be like, I didn't get the next segment of the East Twilight Zone. I'm done. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm going to go to the other podcast that covered the East Twilight Zone in full. I'll be like, no, don't cheat on us. I'm going to be like, who? But we, <laughs> we still love you. We'll never we do it again. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we will. But anyway, so. <laughs> let's just get into what we're doing next. And now, Mr. Serling. All right. So we're getting into season one, episode 10, segment B. One of the best names I've ever heard for a segment, The Uncle Devil Show. That sounds like what we should call this podcast is The Uncle Devil Show. I have nothing on this, so I'm interested and confused. I am confused as well. This is one of uh, episode 10 is three segments, so I think this is going to run 10 minutes. It's going to be weird. It has to be. This, this better be worth the 10 minutes of being weird. Right? That's all I'm hoping. Yeah, the damn title, it. The yeah. Title, the title should make it weird. I'm hoping so, right? Give us everything. Please. <laughs> please, please, please. So that's going to do it for us this week, everybody. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about the 20-minute segment, The Shadow Man. We've, <laughs> we've went almost an hour and a half, as we do. So everybody have a good week. Uh, have a safe week. Um, if a shadow man is coming out from under your bed, just make sure that it's your shadow man and not another shadow man, because that will get complicated. Make sure you know who your enemies are too. Glad to hear it, my man. Hey, don't stay out too late. And when you get back, make sure you shut the window.